A podcast with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Detlef Schlich, and today we dive into the deep and unknown, exciting ocean of the creative mind together with the legion of Californian modern Art and punk rock, Cliff Roman. Hi, Cliff. <laughs> I did. I, I would not, not a legendary artist or California artist. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but, but it's, uh, I mean, that's what you told told me in, in the last episodes. Uh, I, I, said, I said, I said, I'm often referred to, and this is true, by just random people who are fans of the weirdos. They go, man, you're a legend. You're legendary. You don't know how legendary you are, you know. And so, you know, um, you know, Cliff Roman, yeah. legendary L.A. punk rock <laughs> musician. You I, know. I mean, I'm a little bit, you know, and, and part of the legend was that, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm in the weirdos for a few years and then I just kind of disappeared. You know, I became a, a, a math teacher for like almost 30 <laughs> you know, years. So I just we, I was, we're going to go to that yeah. later in, in, in the next. So episode. that's probably why the, the legend legendary or, you know, thing is a little more fitting. I mean, I'm I'm so disappointed because I'm I'm not not entitled anymore to to call him the Godfather of Californian punk rock. You, you can call me whatever you want, <laughs> <laughs> but no one ever calls me a, the Godfather. I've I've never made an offer you can't refuse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to anybody. I mean, you have to listen now to the to the neutron bomb, and uh, I give you one million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no! You give me one million dollar if I play you the song for you. What right, we right. will hear later on as well from Cliff, a couple of songs played live with with his guitar. But I mm -hmm. think first of all, we 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 gonna go a little bit. I mean, last last week we we um, found out how they came together, how they became the weirdos and and the uh, inspirations of the weirdos of Cliff's. Music, what was he listened to, and and and, um, as well his his other band members. It's it's very interesting. Thank you for that. It was really nice to, nice to, to get known about things like this. For me, it's it's it's, it's great. You see, I mean, I really I try to to imagine how it was in the seventies. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a couple of years younger than you. How it was in the seventies in in California, you know, and uh, especially. If I tell you people, so yeah, or I have now a podcast with with Cliff Roman. So he, so, so he, he he used to be um, the founder member of the Weirdos, which is a California um, punk rock band. They say, "What California has punk rock? I can't imagine that." You know, because they 
punk rock is considered actually to Lon to London and to no to New York maybe M maybe to Germany now as well but but to not to California mm -hmm. you know well, so LA had LA and and the West Coast yeah. West Coast yeah. had a very amazing scene yeah one of the, I, one I of can't the greatest imagine that. punk rock scenes um, ever and and I mean you incredible and, and you. And you guys, you guys uh, influenced as well uh, Flea from 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 Red Hot Chili Peppers, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. He used to come watch our shows, and um, he actually played, recorded with us, played played bass with the Weirdos. Yeah, yeah. He used so, to so they're um, on on the side of the stage, just kind of watching us do our shows. Yeah. So he's he's he mm -hmm. was as well. He's I think still in his fifties, isn't he? Fifties, sixties, or something like this. Early, late, late fifties. So, so he was actually mm -hmm. he he learned bass playing through through you guys as well. Then probably, or better. Oh no, bass he playing. was he was um, he was a, he's he's like a very unique bass player. Um, he I remember. In fact, uh, he he lived nearby me. I didn't know yeah. him at the time. But I remember yeah. one morning I'm like taking a walk in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and here comes this kid with a shaved head walking mm -hmm. down the street on his way to Fairfax High School, which was mm -hmm. right right in my neighborhood. And he's like, well, this kid's like walking down the street, thumping a bass. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, you know, he walks by me, you know, he goes, hey, man, and he walks by me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it was Flea because I, 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 he went to Fairfax High, and he used to he would. I remember telling him about that. He goes, "Oh yeah, when I, I used to practice on my way walking to school, so I didn't waste any time." <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so very enthusiastic, mm -hmm. isn't it? So, so you had to, you were surrounded by by really lovely, lovely creative people. Oh yeah, time. a yeah. lot. Which, yeah, which, which is great. Yeah. Musicians. Actors, photographers, yeah. writers, yeah. Yeah. artists, yeah. graphic artists, yeah, like as well, like, 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 and, and you, you met Debbie in in in, in California, so you you yeah. were speaking friends over there, and I mean, mm -hmm. you probably will will tell the listeners as well how that happened. Yeah, Debbie Scow, yeah, who you interviewed the, a few the, weeks the ago. Show the show when when she she appeared so actually yeah. so we we're gonna go in, in, in into into your shows already don't we so so and, uh, and well uh, in 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 1977 early 1977 we're yeah. rehearsing yeah. so i tell i I've, I've got uh, me myself uh my friend john denny who i knew from high school we went to north hollywood high school together mm. his brother dix denny on guitar john on vocals mm. me on guitar rhythm guitar And then a, f a friend of mine, Dave Trout, who I knew from CalArts, going to CalArts. And I wrote some songs. Dave wrote a few songs. John and I collaborated on a song or two. So we had a set of about eight songs. And um, I told the guys, um, I said, let's, re let's rehearse once or twice a week. And we'll put a, we put a set together with the eight songs. And I said, let's just put a set together in case we ever do a show. Now, doing a show anywhere in Hollywood and in, in the clubs, you know, there was the Whiskey A Go-Go, the Roxy, yeah. the Starwood. Yeah. And then there were a bunch of discos. There were just discos, mm. right? It was mm. disco music back then. And so um, 
you know, if you wanted to see rock music, usually you would go to the Starwood, the Whiskey, and the Roxy. How and many those people were the rock fit in? Clubs. How many? They were all fit small clubs, you know, like three hundred people. You know, they were okay. small. Yeah. So um, and intimate, and you know, we I've been going. We we always went and saw bands. We saw you know the we saw um, uh, the um, uh, I talked about that. Uh, in the last segment, um, you know, we saw the New York Dolls, Iggy and the Stooges, yeah, and the Ramones. We saw other bands. You know, Blondie came into town. Tubes as well. We, saw, we didn't see the Tubes. I never saw the Tubes, but they were playing around. Right, pumps on dope. Yeah, right, pumps on dope. Right, and then, um, but you, you know, did you see Nina Hagen? Uh, later on. Um, but she was not in L.A. in this in this period. This is 1977. So early 1977, like, you know, January, February, March, we're rehearsing. We're having a good time. Um, yeah, sure. And we're, we're getting, and I would record. I had a nice tape recorder. I'd set it up. And we had this little studio called Full Moon. And it was on the corner of Sunset Boulevard and Gower, and it was actually upstairs above one of the sound stages of Gower Studios. They also called mm. it Gower Gulch. Mm. And um, so we're in there rehearsing one day. This is like probably late March of 1977. And mm. what we did is we would take, um, I would put my amp, we would set my amp, uh, Dix's amp and David's mm. amp, we'd, we'd set them up so that if it made a wall and we would stand in front of this wall of speakers, yeah. like just one stack, one yeah. wall of speakers, yeah. and we would, we would, um, you know, we would sort of line up and, and we would just play the set without stopping and we yeah. would just do it over and over again. Right, yeah. and we'd play full volume. Our, my my, I would come home, my ears would be ringing. Oh, and you still and don't have a tinnitus? No, maybe a little, but not not so bad. Um, yes, and um, um, so uh, we're we're one day we're in there, we're, we're rehearsing. I I turn on the tape recorder, we run through the set. Yeah, we finish the set, and there's a. A knock on the door and it just opens and in walk these three guys. Yeah. And I knew who they were. They were this yeah. band called the Nerves. The Nerves. They just walk in. A band called the All Nerves. Right. Okay. Now I knew who they were because I had bought their record because I saw an ad for their record and a description and mm. it interested me. I thought, God, I want to hear them. Mm. And I forget what the description was, but you know, it was like, you know, um, we play um, a raw brand of rock. I don't know. Uh, uh, it just uh, it just uh, it just sounded interesting. So I uh, I got a money order, put it in an envelope, addressed it because that's what you had to do those days. We you didn't have a you couldn't like you know go uh, online and order it uh, uh, and lick the stamp and mail it. And then my yeah. the record came, the nerves, and it was really good. It was I think I had three songs on it, three tracks on it. I was like, wow, that's okay. really good. Okay. So they okay. walk in. I go, I go, hey, I, are you guys the nerves? They go, yeah. I go, I have your record. You know, they're like, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. And they're like, you guys sound great. What what's the name of your band? And yeah. I'm like, oh, oh we're called the Weirdos. Yeah. And they go, the Weirdos, that's a great name. <laughs> yeah. And then they. 
they said, well, we were we just heard your set. We were downstairs and we we saw there was a studio here and we just came up to check it out and we could hear you guys playing. And then mm. they're like looking around there. They're looking at at our setup and they go, wait a second. Where's the drummer? We yeah. we heard a drummer when we were standing outside listening to you guys. <laughs> we could hear a drummer. And that we're was like, there's a no washing drummer. machine. <laughs> no, it was just because our music, our music. I mean, just the way we played our music, you probably sounded yeah. like there was a drummer. You know, you had to yeah. because it was it was like a steady rhythm. You know, one, two, three, four. So you know, yeah, maybe yeah, there was yeah, a drummer. Yeah. They could they the bass they could maybe was kick and snare. Very, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. yeah, and and so our music was very like you know based very dynamic, fast, very energetic, fast songs, and it was like yeah. on the eighth note and the downstroke. We called it the downstroke. And um, so um, it was like a style we developed amongst the four of us, kind of. And um, so they're like, that's cool. You don't have a drummer and you're called the weirdos. They said, listen, we're doing a show next Friday and Saturday. We're doing two nights. It didn't end up being two nights. It ended up being one night, but that's what they told us. And we want you guys on the bill, and you could be second billed to us because you guys are like real exciting. You're the weirdos, cool. and and we were we were like, well, wait, no, we need a drummer, and we had been trying, we had been like auditioning drummers, trying to find a drummer. In fact, mm -hmm. we ran an ad, which is very difficult. Oh, we had we ran an ad. With we, threw, we put together yeah. an, a flyer, and we went around. We had this flyer going around town. In various, you know, places where you know musicians wanted, would be wanted drummer, so, weirdos, uh, punk not. rock drummer, and there's my phone number. Call. Yeah. Six, Do we still have this phone number? Five eight seven three two nine. No, that's my number in Hollywood. All right. And, so, so dear, um, dear listeners, it doesn't make right. sense to so call we, him now anymore. On so you know, you know what's funny about this poster? <laughs> this drummer saw this and it scared him, and he ended up being our drummer a few years later. His name is Cliff Martinez. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is Cliff he? Martinez. Yes, he is. Yes. He, okay. He, he played with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and when they got inducted, they included him. So, um, anyways, he told told me that story. You know, after he, yeah. ends up, he you know, he he was one of our last drummers, and he said, you know, I saw that. I saw this. I remember looking. But he's through... not in the Hall of Attitudes, you see. No, he's not. But yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> and you. <laughs> but so then, um, so then, we agree to do the show. Yeah. So they walk out, and I turn off the tape recorder. I have this whole conversation on yeah. cassette tape i still have it yeah. Yeah. and um so we meet the guys um and one of the nerves is this musician named peter case and peter lovely guy very nice um has made a, a great career as a songwriter singer songwriter and he was eventually in a band called the plim souls that had a huge hit the plim souls Oh, a no. million miles away, mm, and it was no, a big no. hit on also on um, MTV okay. when MTV was out because mm. they did a video yeah. for it. Anyways, mm. um, and they were kind of a big players in the early scene, uh, the Nerves and Peter Case in the early scene yeah. of LA punk. But they were they were they were they said were they they were from San Francisco, so. 
So now we're all set up. In in one week, we have our first show. We don't have a drummer. We try out a couple guys. Nothing works. So how long did you guys play together? Oh, one week? No. Up until this point, we've been maybe we had about maybe a dozen or so rehearsals up until this okay, point. Okay, so the same like us. That reminds me really from 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 from, from us. Yeah, yeah, but but. So yeah. So I go home and I and I'm like, um, or I I I I go to work the next day. I'm, I worked yeah. with Dave Dave Trout. He was uh, Dave Trout, uh, and I worked at, at a um, company, a clothing company, and we were in the art department. So yeah. we would we would we had like we could silk screen, we could photograph stuff, we could make collages and make a stat from it that we could reproduce. I mean that was very handy. So. We make here's our flyer for our very first show, and if you look at it, it says April. It says real punk Weirdest. rock. Weirdest, real yeah. punk rock. <laughs> punk punk rock. And it shows five people, but there was only four of us. And Don't I guess I wanted to make sure people, well, you know, if they were interested in punk rock, which wasn't yeah. being thrown. That term wasn't being thrown thrown around a whole lot back then. There was no <laughs> punk rock scene. Yeah. Um, but you there know, was no the, punk rock scene in, in, in California. In L.A., well, there might have been, there was one in San Francisco uh, that started okay. in 76. But anyway, so we're playing, and, and the Nerves called, they said, we, we call, we're we going to call it the Punk Palace, or the Hollywood Punk Palace. And we were like, okay. And yeah. there's like uh, three other bands on, on the bill. But we made this bill, and it's, we didn't end up using it because it says April 1st and 2nd. Yeah. And they call us up, and they go, we're just going to do the 2nd. Yeah. You know? And um, so that was like, you know, April 2nd, 19, uh, 2022 was 45 years ago. So this is 45, 45 years ago. 45 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. So, so we show up for the show now. We had to get yeah. a look together. So we sort yeah. of like, we weren't sure what what to do, but we wanted to look cool, right? Yeah. We wanted to look different and cool. I went and got a, um, I went to one of these t-shirt places that was down the street and I, yeah. I picked out an image of Peter Frampton you know mm -hmm. uh, who has had the biggest selling record in the world so we were sort of like about the opposite of that right we yeah. were like yeah. more we were just like we got nothing to lose we're just we just we're self-taught we're writing our own stuff we're not virtuosos right yeah. we just want we can play the chords the three chords and 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 put some energy in our songs you know that's yeah. what it was all about and some humor in our lyrics and maybe mm. say something you know make a statement about things and mm. so um i got i had the shirt made of peter frampton and then i got some orange fluorescent spray paint and i sprayed a an orange uh x over his image and that was my you shirt. like your x's yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and um so then, um, and then John put together, he like painted a shirt with paint and tape and spray yeah. paint. Yeah. And Dave Trout had this great outfit too. He had, he had this cool denim and leather jacket that he put together himself. Yeah. And, um, and then, and Dix had this jacket, you know, that we painted, you know, cause yeah. he, he wasn't, he was just coming along for the ride at this point. He was just, all right, you know, whatever. Yeah. And uh, so we uh, do our first show, and we're on the bill. There's the Nerves, the Weirdos, a band yeah. called the Zippers, okay. we're a local rock band. 
Yeah. A band called The Dills. All right. And a band that drove all the way out from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, called Short Ice. They were like a bar band. So it wasn't like, if if you look at the lineup that night, yeah. really the only punk band was us, the weirdos, right? And only a few people showed up. Like my girlfriend was there, her brother, her brother's girlfriends, a couple of all friends right. of mine from Cal Arts, yeah. Yeah. Uh, David's wife, Holly, um, John, I think John's girlfriend. Um, well, just a few people showed up. There weren't a whole no. lot of people that showed up. And... Um, um, so we we do our show, um, and the plan was we're, when it's our turn on stage, we're going to set up our gear in that wall, like we like just like we did at rehearsal. Yeah. And we would have we I said leave the amps on with the volume mm. full up. So all of us had our amps on with the volume full up, and I mm. said and we're going to walk out with the cords in our hand and then put them in the amp, so it just makes that that. Ear piercing sound, you know, yeah, 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 electronic yeah, yeah, yeah. glitch sound. Ah, God. And so we walk out. We we walk out like we kind of mark. Someone goes, "Okay, it's the weirdos." So we walk out. Everyone's like looking <laughs> at us. We walk out, and I remember there wasn't even really a stage. It was a sound stage, so we weren't up on the stage. We were just on mm -hmm. the floor of the sound yeah. sound stage, yeah, and yeah, everyone's yeah, just yeah, standing yeah, there. Yeah. So we walk out. Everyone's like looking at us. Okay, what is this going to be like? Because mm -hmm. no one had seen us or ever heard of us before. All right. And we plug so in it our... Was, it was your first gig. First gig. We plug in our, our cords. Oh, There's that oh, this loud oh, feedback sound. Oh, we we yeah. turn around and we, we go right into the first song. So yeah. because we had rehearsed the set so many times, we just yeah. played right through the set without stopping. And yeah. it, it just came out, came off really good. It sounded really good, too. Yeah. Now... We didn't have a drummer, so, and we kind of, we thought we were playing fast, but really when I listen to it now, we're, we're, yeah. we weren't really playing as fast as we than, later than, on. Than we were sort of working up to the, um, a faster kind of tempo in our, in our style. And so we really didn't know what we were doing yet. I mean, we were, at least we could play. Yeah. We were, we were ready to play because we had rehearsed for our, our first show. That was the whole yeah. idea of what yeah. we were doing and here we are be nervous. but we didn't but we didn't have a drummer so we thought what the hell we're the weirdos we'll just play without a drummer so we do our show mm. and this and and then after the show everyone's man that was great you guys are fantastic and then yeah. now the nerves go on and they're doing their show yeah. and so afterwards um a couple people come come up to meet us um yeah. or talk someone comes up to me this this woman this this pretty blonde a girl, she looked yeah. like a. She was very young. Um, comes up to me and she's got a, a camera, and she goes, "I'd like to take your picture." So I get the guys mm. together, and this is Debbie Scow. Um, yeah. So she and takes Debbie, her photo. And, and Debbie, Debbie is in in in, in one of my for, uh, former shows in it as well. She's living. Yeah, now. episodes and, one twelve, one thirteen, and one fourteen. I think. It wow, is, right? you have a good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, so Debbie's there, and she's she's a photographer for a, a fanzine that we knew about called Backdoor Man because I'd already bought a couple issues of it, right? She goes, yeah. oh, I work with Backdoor Man. I'd like to take your photo. And then mm. there's another there's a guy with her, and she introduces 
uh, where he introduces himself. He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm Fast Freddy. I, I write for Backdoor Man. I'm a writer. And you guys were fabulous. That's it, what he yeah. said. You guys are just fabulous. The fabulous yeah. weirdos. Yeah. And they're, they were very excited about, about the weirdos. And they yeah. never... They'd never seen anything local like like us. Locally. This before. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing, isn't it, somehow? I mean, mm -hmm. you must be proud of that. I mean, yeah. it's... And I, got the, I have the photo right here, too. Um, to create right something here. something new like this, you know? I mean, yeah. uh, what, what is new? But but it was somehow new, at least, for this area. Yeah, so, well, I uh, have the photo. I don't know what I did with it. Yeah. Um, oh. Uh, have, anyways, you, have, have, you, have you been very nervous as 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 you guys did your first gig? So um, yeah, we were we were a little nervous. Um, I can only speak for myself. I mean, I maybe I don't remember the other guys talking yeah. about being nervous. Yeah. We were sort of ready for it. Like we got there sure, early. Yes. We got there early. We um, we were like dressed up. We took some photos outside. I remember. I I yeah. lost them over the years, but. I wish I still yeah. had them. I took some cool photos, and um, with my inst my my I used an Instagram camera. camera. Yeah, yeah. With the with the yeah. cube, with the flash cube, you would put on it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Polaroid, yeah. something like this, no? Right. And um, um, so Debbie takes this photo of us. It's like the first photo of the weirdos ever, and and then Fast Freddy writes an article about us, and the first yeah. line is. From out of nowhere come yeah. the weirdos, yeah. and and That's he nice. he was he's saying that um, he, he wrote a little review of our show, a nice review. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so word so so we we finished this show, and then the nerves go. That was great. You guys were great. We're going to do another one next next week, Friday and Saturday, at this little yeah. theater we found on Sunset Boulevard. Across yeah. the street from the or from the called it's called the Orpheum on Sunset Boulevard, and it's across oh. the street from Tower Records. Now Tower Records is where we would go to buy our records. It's a famous record store on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. And um, so now, right around this time, bands are starting to come out like Television, Blondie, and um, the English band The Damned, but. The, the next week, we do a show at the Orpheum Theater. We do two nights and two shows a night, and we still have no drummer. And yeah. the, what happened was, at our first show, Debbie and Freddie tell us, or Debbie tells me about a drummer named Nikki Beat, who she thought would be perfect for our band. Yeah. So we get his phone number, and but he doesn't... He, this. We do our second show still without a drummer. We don't have a drummer, right? We haven't really met yeah. Nikki yet. So mm -hmm. we do, by the end of, and that was 45 years ago, like just this past, um, mm -hmm. just this past Saturday. Yeah. And wow. we're playing, wow. it's the Nerves, yes. the Weirdos, and the Zippers. Yeah. And the Zippers were another really cool local band. They were yeah. very, they had this... Um, um, uh, a woman or a girl that played bass. Her name was Dee Dee Faye, okay. and who I'm friends with on on Facebook now. Yeah, and um, they were really good. They ended up getting signed by Ray Manzarek, the the keyboard player of the Doors. All right, and he produces their first re their album. So yeah. we do the show. So by the end of uh, that Saturday, we now we have 
our first set that we did the week before at, at Gower at, at you know the Gower Studio soundstage. That was mm. our first show, and then a mm. week later we do two more shows at the Orpheum Theater. Still no drummer, just the four piece. But yeah. we, now we have five shows under our belt by that point. Wow! Right? So we're feeling like, man, you know, this yeah, is we this make is, it. We're making it right. But yeah. you know, that weekend when we play our second show. There aren't still aren't a lot of people coming to see us, right? Word hadn't got out yet, uh, yeah. but Fast Freddy shows up again. But we're, we're we look really cool because we're in our like, it, and it's on. You saw it on my Facebook page. We're like in our yeah. painted clothes, and we're sitting yeah. on the stairwell. Yeah, 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 I saw it. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah. just like you know, sure, grateful. We're we're trying to look as cool as you can in like painted clothes, you know, <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, we were very particular about how we looked, you know, like our pants had to be like, you know, straight because bell bottoms, you know, everyone wore bell bottoms. So we had to be the opposite of everything, you know, yeah, everyone sure, had sure, long sure. hair. We had to have short hair. Yeah. Know, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So because um, we thought, well, if we're the weirdos, we better look a little weird. We don't want to copy nobody, so right. And um, so we so we do the two shows at the Orpheum, and when when we're done with that, so so that was on the um, like the eighth and ninth of April, nineteen seventy seven. So then the nerves say, let's do it again next weekend, right? We'll do two nights next weekend, Mm -hmm. same bill, Mm -hmm. same bill. Uh, and then they they get they said we're going to get a band from the San Diego area called the Zeros that sound really cool. And yeah, we were like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. So, so now a few days later, we get together with Nicky B. He comes over to he 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 plays with us. It sounds fantastic. We're like, wow, we got a drummer now. Yeah. And but he had really long hair, and he was more like <laughs> rock and roll looking. We're he, yeah, he sure. goes to like, my bathroom. Like Ramon, actually. He goes to my bathroom, and yeah. he burns his hair off with a cigarette lighter <laughs> no to get way. it shorter. Yeah, you know. So he fit in the and, club. Yeah, and then he's looking at how we dress, and he shows up. He's like dressed like us. He he got yeah. it, you know. And he and, cool. and he we thought he was really good. I mean, we played a song called "The Life of Crime," and he got the groove right away. So now yeah. our songs have a groove, and they're swinging, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, I think I played him, I think he knew about or heard or I played him the Ramones. He came over to my house and I was like, yeah. can you play drums kind of like this guy? You know, he's sort yeah. of like just, just, you know, and he's like, yeah, I can do that. So, so, um, you know, it's real minimal. But Nicky was like, he would add like brilliant, you know, fills and he was very dynamic Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he would, you know, and I would, I would suggest drum parts to, for him, real specific drum uh-huh. parts. And he would like do them. Uh, right. Cool. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. how I hear it in my head. Ah, that is so great. I miss yeah. things like this. Honestly, oh, so, drummer so always with, forgot with, his patterns. With, within a week, within a week, we got a drummer yeah. and then we, um, I see that there's this record store opening called Bomp Records. Yeah. And we go down there. 
It's in North Hollywood, right near where I used to live. And we go down there all dressed up like we're doing a show. We stroll in. And yeah. the owner of Bomp Records is this guy named Greg Shaw. Now, Greg Shaw had a magazine that I used to buy called mm. Bomp. And it had great <laughs> articles. It had articles like, like one magazine was dedicated to the British invasion. One was on surf oh, music. One was yeah. on uh, garage bands. It's like know. Rolling Stone. And, and it, it was different than Rolling Stone. It was it was sort of like, you know, and, and then you could buy records or, or used records in the back from people. And um, uh, Rolling Stone was more mainstream. This was like not But mainstream. the articles, they were, they, were, they were often as well quite political and, and, and very eclectic, I would say. I, for, in Rolling Stone, but not in Bob yeah. Records. Bob no. was just about music and the bands and, and their right, styles. Okay. Okay. And uh, so I was like really interested to meet him because he was like, now if there's a godfather of LA punk rock, this Greg Shaw would be more like a godfather because see? he 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 okay. he started a record label, Bomp Records, and he would sign bands, put out records, and he would promote shows, and he would in his magazine promote the scene. So he, right. yeah. he could make decisions about whether bands would get you know get exposure or not which yeah. were, was a critical thing. So um, so we go, we meet Greg sure. Shaw, and he's he's like, oh, I heard about this. Word is spreading. Another way another way the word is starting to spread about the weirdos was from uh, Debbie and Fast Freddy from Backdoor Man. They start telling the people they work with. There was a, another writer named uh, Greg Turner and um, um, who, who started a, uh, several bands. Um, the, one of them was called the Angry Samoans. And um, and so they're telling people, and people want to come see us now. And um, um, so we go down, There's we go to the opening of Bomp Records. And, mm. um, oh, the other way people were finding out about us was from this radio show called yeah. Rodney on the Rocks, Rodney Bingenheimer. Now, he's also, he's called the mayor of Sunset Strip. That's his thing. You know, yeah. but he's also like a godfather figure because he he could like behind the scenes make decisions about whether a band would get played on his show and get exposure. Now, everyone listened to Rodney's show on Sunday night and he would play yeah. the latest records from England and New York, whatever was like released. John, like John Peel. So, a little bit. and yeah, and but Rodney was he was like and he would come see the bands, too. Yeah. So. I remember one night, my girlfriend, Gracie, she calls him up and he would take phone calls and yeah. he was like fascinated with Gracie because uh, she's uh. telling him about the weirdos. Have you heard the band, the weirdos? So that's how he found out about the weirdos. <laughs> so she manipulated him already. Right. So that's how it worked. Yeah. You had to promote yourself. So yeah, and we're sure. just back there. Sure. We're like laughing. Every time we'd finish a show, John and I would spend hours. We couldn't sleep. We would just like re replay it in our heads, like like how incredible it was what was happening to us. So yeah, 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 yeah. so now we we have our drummer. We like we're working on the clothes. We got the look, and we're going to do a show again with the nerves, the the zippers and the zeros. This new band. Yeah. So yeah. like a, a a day or two before the show. Yeah. The nerves call me up and they say we're not doing the show and the zippers aren't either. So it's yeah. off. Oh, and I was like, oh okay. man. And I, we had already mm. made a flyer that said weirdos, 
that said, uh, yeah. nerves, weirdos, zippers, zeros. We already made the flyer yeah. and passed yeah. it out. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, man. And I said, well, he goes, well, if you want to do the show, just go down there and pay the $90 to reserve the theater. I said, all right. Okay. So I go down to the Orpheum Theater. I pay the 90 bucks. Now I'm the promoter, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm the promoter. Sure, sure. sure. Right? So I was yeah. like, all right, so it's going to be the weirdos and the zeros. And yeah. so we're the next day we go down to this Bomp Records store yeah. and we're we're in there and we see these 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 people walk in. They look very yeah. punk. Yeah. And there's this one kid, he's got this punk short kind of choppy uh haircut. Yeah. And um and he's wearing a T-shirt that says The Germs, like a handmade T-shirt. Yeah. And he's got a pair of jeans with like a thousand, a thousand safety pins in the in his pants. And I, we went time. over, I had to meet him. So I go over, he says, yeah, I'm, I'm Bobby Pin, and this is my band, The Germs. And yeah. he introduces me to Pat Smear, who's a Hall of Famer, right, for Nirvana and um, Foo Fighters. He introduces me to Pat Smear. Who, who is it? This, Pat Smear. He's in the yeah. Foo Fighters, and he was in Nirvana, guitarist. Mm. So he's ah, in the Germs, Pat Smear. And then he says, this is our guitarist, Pat Smear. Here's our bass player, this woman named, this girl, Lorna Doom. Yeah. Lor and and then here's our drummer. I forget the drummer's name, but there was another girl. Yeah. And so... I said, oh, man. I said, you guys look great. And I went over to John and I said, do you see those guys over there? Why don't we get them to play with us um, at our mm -hmm. show? Well, let's add them on the bill. They look cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're a band. So yeah. without hearing them, I booked the first Germs show. The Germs eventually go on to become so one of the most notorious. For you guys. Yeah, as support. But they go on because to become one of the most infamous bands, uh, infamous, infamous punk bands of the L.A. scene. So we, now we've got the Weirdos. The Zeros, who I hear are a punk band from San Diego, never heard them, and mm -hmm. the Germs. Now, a promoter usually doesn't do that. A promoter would like, you know, want to hear the music and then then make a decision, you know, or see them. But you yeah, know, but there was no time at a rehearsal. And, yeah, you know, there wasn't time. And so, but I didn't care. I was like, this is going to be like performance art because that was time. my background yeah. from Cal Arts, David too. We were like performance artists. That's how we sort yeah. of envisioned what we were doing. It was like. A form of art it was performance art sure sure and, absolutely um, so then um so then now we do the show on the day of the show the germs show up now they they go on first and there's hardly anyone has come in the theater yet and um the germs start playing mm. they they hadn't rehearsed they had no songs and they're <laughs> they're just you know they're playing making, they're playing they're playing and bobby's he he had written some lyrics so he's just singing his lyrics i think he even had a he haven't had the lyrics you know typed out on a piece of paper and he's just like singing you know <laughs> and then a friend of Great. theirs yeah. a friend of theirs is there in the audience holding a jar yeah. of peanut butter and some salad dressing yeah right so yeah. She opens up the peanut butter and he yeah. and he starts smearing it on his chest and <laughs> and the the woman that the girl that gave him the peanut butter yeah. was Belinda Carlisle of the Go Go's, also now a Hall uh, of Famer. Yeah, 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 and not in the Hall of Attitude, not yet. No, but not yet. So Belinda's holding the peanut butter, hands it to yeah. to 
uh, bobby pin. His real name is Paul, Paul, Paul Breen. And yeah. um, so uh, he he's about to take the mic and jam it into the peanut butter, right? The mic yeah. belongs to the guy who owns the theater and who who... <laughs> who I knew, the guy who ran the theater, I knew from high school, his parents owned the Orpheum Theater. So he comes running down and he says, you got to get those guys off the stage or I'm shutting the show down. So we Mm. had, we had to stop the germs and say, okay, guys, you know, (laughs) I was enjoying it. I, I thought, I thought it was brilliant, Mm. you know, but you know, it it, it was just, you know, so they get, he (sighs) kicks them out of the theater. Yeah. Really? So they're gone. Wow. And then the zero setup. Now some people are coming in. The zero setup and they yeah. like they are like the coolest band. I mean, they're like these kids. Um they call them the Mexican uh, Ramones. That's what they were known oh. as, oh, the Mexican right. Ramones. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I I never I never liked that term. I just thought they were just the zeros and yeah, I knew sure. them all. Yeah, they it's, were, it's it's they it's were like silly they too. were just kids. And, and they, they had yeah. the coolest look. They had like skinny jeans, black jeans with pointy shoes, you know, mm. like and heels. And and they 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 their vocals had you know they harmonized and um, mm. and they had these cool songs, you know, um, you know that real like so, so- an, anti-social songs, you know, and and they were they looked really cute. Like all the the girls were like you know their eyes so, somehow were on, like like know. like the glam rock, glam rock. No, they were nothing like punk. glam rock. They more no, had no, more I of mean, an image so. like the they looked like the Standells or something like that. A band from the sixties, yeah. a garage band uh, from the sixties. Uh, they had that. They had a really cool look. Um, Javier, Hector, uh, Bubba. And so we we became friends from that day. The zeros mm. were like our we. They called us like, they they thought of us as like their their uncles, you know, <laughs> and um, they played a bunch of shows shows with us after that, and they were considered a um, a punk rock band, L.A. punk rock band from then on. Mm. Mm. And then now then the then the halls like filling up. I see Rodney Bingenheimer, the guy from the radio show. Mm. I see Greg Shaw, the guy from Bomp Magazine and Bomp Records, mm. and he's there, and he told me he would come. And then we see the Svengali of L.A. punk rock. I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong term, but we see this guy named Kim Fowley. Kim mm. Fowley was the manager and producer of the band The Runaways, who were mm-hmm. well get starting to get yeah. well-known that, that, during that time. And they were part of the L.A. They're not really considered a punk, L.A. punk band. They, they were sort of like there was a bunch of bands, the Runaways, the Quick, the Motels, the Dogs, the Pop. There was these bands that were sort of like in between the punk rock bands and the glam rock bands. They sort of filled that gap for about a year. And um, so... Um, uh, Kim Fowley's there, and he's a producer too. And I, I, mm. he, he produced bands like. Um, I think he produced. Uh, well, I know he produced the Runaways and the Quick, and I had those albums. Mm. I was going to say maybe this, maybe Sparks. He may have been a producer for a Sparks album. That was another band that filled that gap too. But the, Sp- Sparks, the Sparks were already like on stage uh, on big shows and everything. The Russell Brothers, no? Right. 
And anyway, so Kim Fowley's there. And then sitting in the audience, Mm. sitting in the audience is The Damned. Now, I had already bought The Damned album, and I couldn't believe, we couldn't believe our eyes. The Damned are at our show from England. They were in town to play the whiskey. For some reason, that show gets canceled. They come over to our show. They're sitting there with their manager, Jake Rivera. Yeah. And um, the now the theater is filled. There's only like 90 seats. The place is packed. Cool. We were introduced by Rodney Bingenheimer. We're introduced by uh, Fast Freddy. He's like the MC, mm. and um, and we play our set with. This is our first show with our mm. drummer Nikki Beat. Okay. And all these key people are in the audience. Also later yeah. on, we meet at, after the show. We meet a band that. We didn't know about, but they're called the Screamers. The Screamers and the Weirdos were like the big punk bands of L.A. in 1977. So they're in the audience. And um, writers, other musicians are in the audience. I'm learning afterwards. Um, You know, there's a a photographer was there, Jenny Lenz, who took photos. Not um, Debbie anymore. And um, so there we are. We do our set. Yeah. We're getting a lot of, um, you know, everyone's digging it. Yeah. And we finish our set, and then Captain Sensible, the bass player from the dam, comes backstage. He goes, aye, aye, hey, aye, aye. you guys are great, man. I want to play with you guys. You know, do an encore. Yeah. So yeah. we did, we hadn't planned for an encore. So we get go back on stage, and I start playing on my guitar. I knew the riff for the seed song "Pushing Too Hard," yeah. and John. So John goes, "You're pushing too hard. You're pushing too hard." And Captain Sensible, we gave him one of our guitars, and I don't know, we we found an amp for him, and he's just like, he wasn't even playing along with the song. He was just up there to amuse his the his bandmates, you know, the yeah. other members of the Damned and his manager. Yeah. They yeah. thought it was amusing. They thought, oh, that's a, that's funny. You know, so okay. Captain Sensible's up there, and he's just making a, a lot of noise on the guitar. Yeah. And um, I have all this recorded, too. I recorded this. Cool. Great, great, great. And, great, and great, one of these great. days, I hope to release it. But anyways, great. so we're playing with um, Captain Sensible, and then that, that, that show made – the next day, Greg Shaw calls me up. He goes, you made history. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's so cool, Cliff. So, so, yeah. and we still, so, we still didn't. Yeah, I, I was going to say after that show, that's when the LA scene, punk rock scene, all of a sudden starts picking up steam, because a lot of key people saw that show. They were all there in yeah. the room that night. We had our drummer. This is when yeah. we actually had our drummer. Yeah. Yeah. We have the Zeros, a punk band from yeah. San Diego, yeah. and we have the Germs, the very first Germ show ever. Yeah. So yeah. it was quite historic. It's, I would and, say. I mean, I mean a that, lot that, of people. A lot of people have told me they saw they were there. They saw that show and they went and started a band the next day. I, I would say so. So, so yeah. uh, it's great. So, so, so thank, thank, thank you for educating us here uh, with mm-hmm. with this historical moment. Actually, so thank you very much. It's sure, so cool. you're welcome. <laughs> it's great, and we still didn't listen to to, to you to you now. Uh, so we're already on on forty six minutes. How are we gonna do that? Shall, shall, shall we gonna play two or three songs quickly? Yeah. The, 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 the beginnings just. So, so we listen to. 
Can I take my headphones off? You, you can take them off. Right. Yeah. So, 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 so we listen. We listen to 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 Cliff Roman live now a little bit, and uh, the Legion of California. Here's my, uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, it's great. So here's my Vox guitar. This is the guitar I played on the very first show. Wow! Look Vox. here, so, so. dear listeners, you can Made see that Italy. next week. Yes. Cool. Are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see it. You now, the, all key, can the see thing I like about this guitar, it had a switch right there that says distortion. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to put the headphones on. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you can hear you, you, yeah, can hear you better as well. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Can you hear that okay? Yeah. You want me to turn it louder? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Cool. Okay. So this was this song is called Destroy All Music. It's our first single. Let's All go. right. I'm going to kick in the radio. I'm going to bomb the record store. I say destroy all music. I say you just can't use it. Broke all my records and my stereo. Ripped up my ticket to CLO. I say destroy all music. I say you just can't use it. Just can't use it. Destroy all music. Great. That's just that's just a few verses. All right. Now this next one uh, is a very one one of our most covered songs. When I go on YouTube, I see like people. I don't know who they are. They're like they're like um, do covers of this song. It's called A Life of Crime. Okay. Right. All right. <laughs> I don't want to play around no more I see that black cross painted on your door We was good friends for a long, long time Baby, you got hungry for a life of crime Get the message now Drive is painted red and gray. But if you ask me to get in, well, I'll just run away. 
was good friends for a long, long time. Baby, you got hungry for a life of crime. Get the message now. Uh -huh. Californian punk rock. That's quite cool. <laughs> Last one, and then we're gonna finish this season. This show. A third one? Already. Or? Yeah, sure. Whatever you want to do. One, one, one more song. Trombone. We got the new trombone. Gonna drop it all over the place. You're gonna get it on your face. Four and eight from the land of the free. But don't blame me. We got the new trombone. We got the new trombone. We don't know you, don't know what you need. We just want you, we want your machines. United Nations and NATO won't do. It's just the red, white, and blue. We got the new trombone. We got the new trombone. We don't want it, we don't want it, but we got it anyways. We don't want it, we don't want it, but we got it anyways. We don't want it, we don't want it. Cool, Cliff. Thank you very much. You really made my day great. <laughs> That was no, really, really lovely, 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 great. Dear listeners, I would say we we gonna finish this season today. This episode, it was a very long one, but uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you if you want to contact Cliff, you can you can go to Facebook Cliff Roman or to to Instagram at Cliff Roman um, if you want to, to contact me or leaving contacts uh, comments you can do it on Instagram as well at Detchlich um, at Artitude or at Isle of Westcock Artists or you become member of the Isle of Westcock Artists on Facebook and then you can 
put comments in there as well and then and so it's a very interactive thing and uh, <coughs> is, is there there too you can get more information there you can go to Bandcamp um, to, to listen to his songs buying his records you can go actually for for if you fancy uh, Irish coffee or or a Coca-Cola or whiskey with Cliff and myself um, <coughs> You can get the, the Hall of Attitudes collectors max on www.attitude.com and you can get there as well everything you want. You can support my podcast if you buy then a mic or whatever. So that was my rant for today. Cliff, thank you very, 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 very much. It was thank you, Dad. Quite cool. fun. We see us next Sunday, 10 a.m., early confession, and then we're going to go on completely a different subject because... Uh, that's actually then we, we, we're going to go into the now and into Cliff's time in the year 2022 actually so be surprised and Cliff I see you soon see you next week bye right. ciao bye 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 ciao you have listened to Artitude West Cork's first art fashion and design podcast Artitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.